Underground. There a time, Ronald, where we tried to like have one of us start the show? Yeah, that was a thing at some point. Okay, so this is episode 148, and it's uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Schmanksgiving 3. <laughs> and I was thinking, I don't know, Schmanksgiving, we call it Schmanksgiving 2, Schmanksgiving 2 still Schmankin. So mm-hmm. this could be Schmanksgiving 3, I don't know, season of the Schmank or something like that. <laughs> the Schmank Awakens. The Schmank Awakens. Yeah. The Schmank Awakens. <laughs> It's almost hard not to say Awakens. <laughs> by, by the way, I think we now know what the porn title of The Force Awakens would be. The Force Awakens. <laughs> oh, I will watch the shit. We need to copyright that immediately. Yeah, right, right now. We'll watch the shit out but of it. But so way. this is uh, Schmanks Giving 3, mm. The Schmank Awakens. <laughs> it's Awakens. Yeah, right. We're, we're Awakens. But it, it, it's the tagline. It's our third annual Thanksgiving episode of Movie Schmovie, where me, myself, John, Ronald and Steve <laughs> uh, get together and we talk about the things that we were thankful for over the course of the last year. We, we've tried to talk about pop culture, but we've also used this episode as a real opportunity to veer away from, from those topics mm. in the past, or at least away from movies. Yeah. So that's not necessary. I, 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 tried, I always try to look at movies and focus on that, but I find that really all you're doing then is just like previewing what your favorite movies of the year sure. might be. Sure. And I also think sometimes I'm taking a complaint and kind of coming up with the opposite of that. And I realize that if we have complaints, we really save those for the Bah Humbug episode, which mm. is sure. coming up in a couple gotcha. episodes. So sometimes it's hard to decide what that really means. Like, what was I thankful for? And I always go back to the previous times that we did it. I don't know if you ever at least check your previous list. Yeah, I looked yeah. at my list. The first time we did it, uh, episode 92, Steve <clears throat> was thankful for The Conjuring, uh, Netflix's original programming, uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> And grilled cheese sandwiches. <laughs> uh, and Ronald was thankful for Spotify. I love how it's a little tour of things that now are old hat to us. <laughs> right. uh, Amazon well, Prime Well, let's just say we were ahead of the game. We were, We man. were thanking them way early. So we Spotify, were. media accessibility, which mm. is vague, but you were talking specifically about the interconnectedness of kind of all things. With yeah. like t- the Twitter sphere and, yeah. you know, yeah. having entertainers that you were into. You specifically mentioned Zach Galifianakis as someone that you used to like and not have any way of, like, following him. Oh, and that yeah. now there were all these ways of, you know, following him. YouTube and so forth. Uh, and you also were uh, thankful for Francis Ha. I think you were talking more about just small movies that show you that oh, there's yeah. all kind of films. And you were also thankful for, and this one was very vague, but it was existential progress, kind of positive energy. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this episode. It sounds like a TED Talks. Is that we have we have that little yeah we, we do our forum. own little yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I was thankful for things ending. There were some TV shows like Breaking Bad and 30 mm. Rock and Fringe and things going off the air that I was glad they had ended well. I was thankful for this new thing called podcasts that everyone was so into. <laughs> um, I was thankful for uh, life itself which was my vague, uh, mushy mm. topic. And then I was also thankful, I kind of uh, piggybacked on your Amazon Prime and your media accessibility by saying I was just, I was enjoying streaming and on-demand entertainment at that point. Yeah. So I thought, what, before we move on to what we're thankful for now, what do we, how do you feel about those things now? Are you still a Spotify yeah, man? Yeah, still, still, uh... So, because when you were, because I, I listened to it, you were specifically at that point talking about how you had just sort of bridged the gap from 
being a physical copy guy to yeah. to getting into the Spotify model. Are you are you have you veered further away from being still a, ver- a physical copy farther guy? Away. I so try- how do you feel about physical copies now? That's really what I wanted I to still, ask. I, I'm starting to have a weird. Uh, okay, so Adele uh, came out. Twenty five came out, mm-hmm. and um, Aaron, my girlfriend, wants a physical copy. And I and at first I was like, why the fuck would you want a physical copy of the disc and then i thought man like i get it like you want to support sometimes support requires a physical thing like mm-hmm. I, I like you know what i mean like you're like i want to buy this thing from you i want to purchase this thing i want physical proof that i'm supporting it and 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 just like liner notes and stuff like that I, I think that there's something nice about that for somebody you really like i mean yeah i feel like every album i'm not gonna purchase i think i'm gonna purchase this one too i want a physical copy now mm-hmm. just talk just kind of seeing her enthusiasm i don't know if you saw the weird tr- like funny thing that adele did or like there were a bunch of adele impersonators yeah. And then all those those ladies went nuts when they realized that like this. One of them was yeah, her. actually Adele. Adele dressed herself up, changed her chin, changed her nose, and was in line, kind of slandering Adele, and then sang. And they were like, mm, "This sounds a lot like Adele." <laughs> <laughs> and then they realized that it was her. But it, it's you know she she's like a a person in the like a, a myth in the mountains, and when she comes down and creates, yeah. it's a huge deal. And, and and so I feel like buying a physical copy isn't that crazy and i I think it's okay but then okay all right last thing google i have google um play i'm trying that for a month Uh, but i've also stored they give you you twenty thousand songs to store for free so if you ever want to back your music up and have access to it on the road google play is the way to go but if you have you pay for it you also get like unlimited you get all the other stuff that spotify would give you so something happened to me. I'm trying a month trial, and I'm watching YouTube. And I'm like, man, YouTube is fucking amazing right now. Like, no ads, no nothing. Come to find out, when you get a Google Play um, membership, you also get a YouTube Red membership, which takes away the ads. Oh, wow. Did not know that was a thing. Wow. So I looked that up, and I'm like, maybe I'll give Google Play a try for another month, because I'm shooting stuff up to my... Um, my uh chromecast no commercials and i've been going like a month and not seeing a single commercial it's been well there's nothing worse to me than going to youtube to watch like a 30 second clip and sitting through an ad to get to an (laughs) ad 30 second clip you know especially when a lot of times what i am looking at on youtube will be like a uh an ad for a film or a trailer Mm -hmm. or like lately if you want to follow uh, star wars there's, uh, there's, there'll be a new TV spot that you can watch, but it's on YouTube. Specifically, you the just... one you're talking about. Are you talking about the one I think you're talking well, about? Well, the, uh, there's one that really heavily features John Boyega. That oh, is great. I thought you were talking about the soup one. I am your father. You know about this? Mm-hmm. The two fathers? Oh no. So there's a there's oh, oh oh yeah yeah the gay yeah. fathers. There's yeah, a yeah. there's a Star Wars Campbell's commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I do my first pick? This is related. This is well, how about related. we? How about okay, hold, hold that sorry. thought? Because I wanted to I wanted to review what we were talking about. It's related uh, to in that. The last, okay, well let's get let's come back okay. around to that. Uh, so then in 122, because I do want to make sure that we're still, because I think it's Absolutely. interesting to note, like, are we still into some of these things? Okay. Yeah, in 122, yeah. uh, Steve was thankful for cereal, the podcast. <laughs> That's a great one. Not the food, although yeah. that would, I be, love a, cereal that as would well. be in line with your with yeah. your picks if you came in with a cereal <laughs> thing. Um, and you were also <clears throat> thankful for RSS feeds and specifically the app Feedly that mm. you were in love with. Um, and you were thankful for Guardians of the Galaxy or just feeling like a kid again at the movies. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Ronald was thankful for his iPhone 6. Um, 
uh, Ronald was, you, which you said something really funny in that one, Ronald. You said you love it so much, something like that. You <laughs> something like, <laughs> oh God, what did you say? Like you're gonna, you think you're probably gonna love it in, until you get a new phone or something, <laughs> something like that. I wish I could remember exactly what you said, but it was like, yeah. And then you you claimed you were gonna skip a year. So have you actually? I did not skip a year. No, you did not. But there's a very specific <laughs> it's reason. It's impossible for him. To there's skip a very a year. specific reason why I didn't. My job has this thing where like you can get a work phone, mm-hmm. and I found out that you, I can get a 6s. Yeah. I was like, well, why not? Yeah. I mean, like it's a work phone. Well, fuck it. And then I switched to sw- the SIM cards. So my old, my old my six is now my work phone and now this is my nice person yeah nice and you work also were thankful for love in that oh episode, man and I we, remember that because I was tearing up yeah we all got a little choked up on that I was one tearing up because I had also just said I was thankful for carrying my father and my grandfather's name so it's like I set the stage for your Oof. for your love comment and then it was just yeah we had clean I was ready for I wasn't ready for it but I, it was <laughs> it was powerful man I, I remember that I was also thankful for second chances on television specifically <laughs> I was saying that the fact that Evil Dead and Twin Peaks were both coming to television or that the creators of those things were coming up with a, a television show in the modern era that better would, than I expected right, better than expected for the ash versus evil dead and yeah. the the news about twin peaks i don't know if you remember there was a period when david lynch seemed like he'd left the project mm. and it yeah. was still going to happen and then it really seemed like that was negotiation because he came back and they went from nine to 17 episodes wow but he's still directing every one so it still seems to me like a crazy project that i almost can't believe so yeah. I, I think that holds up I was also thankful for a life lesson. I felt like I had become better in uh, 2014 at just knowing when to keep my mouth shut. Mm. And it has served me since. Although now I find that I'm keeping my mouth shut when I wonder if I should be telling people to... <laughs> you know. so, we'll, so we'll have to see. Maybe I'll make some adjustments. Well, Maybe I've become too for the passive. Listeners, for the listeners, that, that sound was a company with a fist <laughs> no, up, 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 up. Up the, up the up. Anus. Oh, yes. The Anus. Up the anus. Yes. Anus. <laughs> Oh god! So amazing how, do, how quickly that goes up. Yeah. So how do we feel about cereal now? <clears throat> Once it all shook out, we were all high on cereal when that episode was recorded. I am still obsessed with that. Yeah, I think it's still with that with, case. With that case, yeah. I, I, let me clarify. Yes. What's happening with it? I've been listening to Undisclosed, which is like another podcast that Rabia, who many people know from mm-hmm. Serial, has created with a few other lawyers that she's worked with. Is this still going on? Yeah. Um, and there's also another podcast called Truth and Justice with Bob Roth, who is a private investor. Well. Pretty much a private investigator who's been looking into the case with them. But that case specifically is what I'm high on. The announcement of what the second season of Serial is going to be about, I'm not so high on. What they, um, they announce? What's his name? Uh, Bo Bergdahl, the, the the soldier who was like missing and found. Mm-hmm. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? No. I, I didn't know they had no. announced for sure. I, I, I'd heard a little bit. About them, I, I know. I know nothing about. That, like that I, story. I read something really weird that was a producer of, for the show, basically saying that they wanted people to kind of cool their jets about the show. It, it seemed it was a weird kind of whiny response. As someone who produces podcasts and wants to get more people to, to wants to get right. more people to listen, the producer from Serial that I'd read in this interview was basically saying like, "There's there were too many people excited about our show. People need to chill out or, or whatever." Yeah, like I think they're trying to play down the hype for this episode maybe that makes sense but it seems to me like kind of a like that's what you would hope for would be that level of interest so it's a little strange that they seem maybe like they don't want the same level of attention for the second Mm. season but yeah basically like they're investigating this 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 is all like i think 2009 this army soldier went missing from his base while in afghanistan and um and held prisoner by the taliban so I guess when he was freed in 2014, like some sort of prisoner exchange they set up, 
Um, he, he claimed he was abducted, but the army charged him with desertion and like, endangering the troops that were a part of the search party to find him. Oh, wow. So, you know, and I don't know exactly what happened right now, but apparently, like, he's, I don't know if he was court-martialed or whatever, but Syria was supposed to be investigating that, you know, what happened that day. And that sounds interesting. So it sounds interesting, but it's just, it's, like, it's a little bit of a pivot from, like, the, like, the, almost, like, the mystery. Yeah, the well, kind of, yeah. There, there is still mystery, but, like, the murder mystery yeah. that Serial kind of hooked me in a, in a, in a, in a large it, audience into. there's something into. more compelling about a murder than just about any crime. I yeah. mean, yeah, totally. Like, if I'm watching yeah. Forensics Files, the reason why that show is... I, I don't know if you've ever watched those, like, A&E type Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they've taken the hour-long versions, and they've edited. They've now edited them down. Whoever's running them now runs a half-hour version. Yeah. So you're mm. getting the the same episode from before, but with all, like, <laughs> all, not, not necessarily all the subtlety edited out, but a lot of the little diversions. So yeah, it's like yeah. this straight through line to, like, they find the body. They found another body. They thought it might be this guy. They figured out it was. <laughs> boom. Solved. Um, but you can watch. watch you can sit down and watch three of those without thinking about it at mm. a half-hour each. There is something compelling, even when I'm like, I don't really want to watch more of this. It's kind of trashy. But within like 90 seconds, they, they'll be like, a mysterious headless body found in a barn. And you're like, well, damn it. Now I got to know. <laughs> um, what was so mysterious about that headless body? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I feel like that one thing about that story that does sound like it could make for a good season is that you, you can already hear the different sides of that story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was really enjoying Serial last year, that was what really got me about it was when she would say... And the, that would lead me back to this person, and then it would be like next time on Serial, and you would go, "Shit, I want to know what Jay knows." Yeah. yeah. But I, I wonder if, yeah, I wonder if there was just no way for that show to win because I know that a lot of the people that were listening seemed to get disappointed that the show didn't have like a secret conclusion up its sleeve. When of course it didn't because it would have been on the news. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The show succeeded in reopening certain aspects of of the case, but it wasn't going to have the conclusion. You know, uh, Sarah Koenig wasn't going to like have a fight with someone and have them confess yeah. or something like that. Well, I, I think the the issue, too, is like... So, Serial was amazing, but Jinx had one of those. Oh, right. No one could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that people's idea about things being settled in their brains is a little unfair to, like, how unpredictable life is. Mm -hmm. Like, you... That, there's no way of you know Unless we have, like tape or something like that there's no way of knowing how that stuff ended and i like that i i'm more accepting of like things not being solvable but everybody isn't and that's kind of a testament to the way people are but i i, I think i thought a serial was incredible yeah, I still feel a, the same way about no, I still, it. I, I, I actually, was yeah, I, do too. I just thought it was interesting that it was like that bubble of hype definitely burst yeah. around the show when it when it ended and it seemed like it went from being like Everyone was talking about how addictive it was. To the joke was that it was overhyped or something, or that, yeah. that people were kind of rolling their eyes at it. But yeah, maybe yeah. it just needs to come back and have another interesting season, and then you can see that it wasn't a fluke, and that it really is that they have an angle on how to yeah. present this information. I, because I do think that was part of what we liked. It was the specific case, but it was also the way they they peeled back the layers yeah. of the onion. Definitely. So, Which you mentioned sound kind of interesting because I like I like conspiracy stuff. Yeah. I like like. Like Things really being happens. covered on a, yeah. on a grand scale. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that sounds interesting, but not you know obviously not as great. I think there's something really cool about local people who have no resources to really hide anything, or and yet this situation still was shrouded in some secrecy, and mm -hmm. there was some unknowns, and 
it, it local stuff is always good to me. Like small yeah. small people getting in these nuts situations. Yeah. We'll always win over like well that forensic files show. You'll watch it and you'll be like, "How did I not hear about this? Right, like, right. this is crazy. This right, is like right. something out of a horror film or something." Yeah. And then you realize sometimes maybe you did hear one little line in the news about them catching somebody, but you didn't know how crazy the details. Right. And every one of those cases, yeah, the, everyone's life is so confusing and messed up already that yeah, you throw a murder or a crime in there. Of course, there's a story around that. Right. I, my impression was that the serial crew was like uh, research, like that they had a lot of feelers out like they were doing a lot of different things for future seasons so mm-hmm. it makes me think what makes me optimistic about that that story is just that it seems like for them to put it forward as the second season they they must have gotten to that point where they were like oh we've got it oh, yeah. Yeah. we've I'm got sure they, something it's here. gonna be good yeah I mean, there's no doubt mm-hmm. in my mind but like I, I just the, the continuing to follow like that specific case is really still right yeah. intriguing to me. And how's that? Is he going to get out of jail? Uh, what's, what's I think he'll, I I personally believe he will get out of jail, and he's been granted a new trial. Like a few weeks ago, they, they the uh, district court granted that, so a new trial to be able to present like a possible alibi, which is that girl Asia McLean hmm. who says she was at the library with him, and also the cell phone evidence was apparently like was, there was a fact sheet. The cover sheet that came in on the on the cell phone records from AT and T that was basically stating that cell phone records are not reliable for like providing location data, mm. which was the whole like basis for what the prosecution was presenting was like by pinning these pings to like which tower they hit they like yeah. you know put him in the park and they put you know if if, if you recall the details yeah, 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 yeah I remember but, that, yeah. But basically, which, this cover sheet was left off when it was submitted as evidence, and like one of the lawyers who who runs the Undisclosed podcast found it and oh, brought it up, and it's like a really big deal. Yeah, it's like you know, it's pretty much what got this second. And the guy that testified from AT and T, the the, the uh, expert witness, like he he submitted a sworn affidavit that like had he been given that cover sheet, he would have known that that data couldn't have been used, and he would have never testified oh, in man. court like saying that it could. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. so. It's pretty big stuff. I mean, I, I don't know how they. I don't know. I don't know how he wouldn't get out of prison. I mean, I don't know. Conversation on whether you thought he did it or not is a different discussion. But I, you know, I don't know how that guy can be in prison because they there yeah, was no yeah. case at that point that right. really put him there. But because yeah, that was definitely intriguing. the most compelling. Yeah, evidence, that was it. You know, it, it, that, was... that was like anybody would say. Like it's it's Jay and it's the cell phone data that put him in prison, and mm-hmm. he's been there for fifteen years, whatever Jesus, it is. Man. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, but it's really still it's still a uh, what do you call it? It's evolving, or it's still you know unlocking un- un- itself. What's going to happen? But oh. but yes, the long answer. I'm still very intrigued by serial. Mm-hmm. I think the serial format was great. I think Sarah Koenig is like infectious. I love. I re-listened to Serial a few times over the past year, just because I'm so into this case, and uh, I think they have like they have a sure thing. I mean, even with me saying that I'm like not super. Stoked on this new season, like because I don't know enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's good that I don't know because then I'll yeah. go in and listen and be That's informed true. and like just be like take it in. Like I took cereal and like I remember that case when I was like, when I was in high school. I remember hearing about it because I grew up right by there, but I never knew all that, you know. Mm-hmm. But now listening to it, it's like you, I'm totally in, invested in it, yeah. and I'm sure that the the season that they bring and I and I read that they did two seasons together. I think or they're doing them in tandem. So I I, I hope that like a season three would be out. Sooner Soon. than next year, yeah. yeah. So mm. maybe by the time this episode comes, I don't know. They haven't announced when season two is going to premiere, so hopefully, maybe by the time this comes out, the next week or two. No, I'd heard November at some yeah. point, but I, you know, obviously they're running, We're running out. Of out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, those are our past uh, uh, 
uh, Thanksgivings. Ronald, you earlier were like, can, can I get the ball rolling? Yeah, okay. You, it was related to maybe your earlier thing. Um, uh, Campbell's Soup. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, <laughs> <clears throat> um, this, is, this is a weirdly strange... It's become heavy for me just because of missing it missing it when i was a kid mm-hmm. so we had a we had the for your info taste <clears throat> where you asked me about my connection to star wars yeah just to <clears throat> yeah, explain what that is i don't think i've ever mentioned it on this show but my my other podcast that comes out even less often than this one uh called for your info we did an episode that focused mm-hmm. on my kind of lifelong star wars obsession or star wars right. problem as i call it and you were talking about having not been really exposed to it or really into it much before right. but that your girlfriend aaron is She's a really big star wars it. fan and that you were going to dive in in advance of the new star wars movie coming okay. out next month so so update yeah. um there's a there's something that happened when i first saw the teaser this infectious sort of i was like oh man i'm curious mm-hmm. That follows with a bunch of stuff that, okay, so I remember I saw episodes uh, one, two, and three in the movies. I remember I was alive. I was experiencing it. That was a thing. You I remember the while you were alive. While I was alive. Interesting. I remember all the commercials. I remember the product. I remember all that stuff. And nothing equals what's happening right now. Something's happening. Something is different about this frenzy. That feels a little more organic. Mm-hmm. That that even if they're whoring out the the name to everything. There's... Well, I would say that I reached a point where I started filtering out a lot of the things. Like in the last week or two, I was like, you know, if there's a new ad with new footage, yeah, I will probably want to see it. Right. But if there's a a phone ad with C three PO and R two D two out in the out in the desert talking about a phone, it's like I don't want to. Gotcha. I don't need to be pursuing every little thing but i i do find right. that at, this is the point the next few weeks are when mm. the overhype could curdle and make people go come on just shut up about it already you know what yeah, i mean because yeah. you can see it starting to happen right, but right. there's been some really smart marketing for this thing yeah and and i think that um it's something really cool about <clears throat> seeing something that you know obviously has a built-in audience and pulling in people like me who are new and i'm and i'm watching the old movies, and I still have. I'm, I'm amazed. I watched the first one, mm-hmm. blew my mind. Isn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> Although uh, Luke is a little bitchy in it, he's like, "Oh, what are we gonna do?" About, about every couple minutes, which yeah. is really weird. But he's, but he's also he's supposed little, to be a, a he's kind a of a punk ass ki- yeah, kid. He's a that. little yeah. kid that's growing into this role, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm feeling something around this release. That I haven't felt in a long time. That I only really felt when I had, when I was watching Guardians and when I watched Goonies and and I, I can honestly say some of the Harry Potters where I feel like something magical is kind of happening and and it's amazing to be alive and experiencing it mm-hmm. and uh, Star Wars brings people together whether you hate it or love it it's it's a it's a point a conversation it's a cool thing to talk about. And I, I'm thankful for Star Wars happening in the way that it's happening because the episodes one, two, and three were kind of shitty. And I could tell just by watching this trailer <clears throat> that it's going to be significantly better well, than. They're just trying, at least they're trying to make you forget they're doing that something. stuff. You know, even yeah. if the like, I keep realizing, like, the movie, I still, that we still, the final piece still has to be the movie being actually good. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but, but do, you, every, do you think for a second that the movie is not at least good? Good. How could it? How, the, no, I don't think there's a way that it could not be good. Okay, 
Okay. okay. I just wanted to make sure of yeah, everybody did, here. Yeah. Okay. So that's. I mean, that's, if they just have the shots I've seen in the trailer in a certain and order, then, then it's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the only way we'd be bad is if that happened. Those sequence of shots happen, and then there's just like stick figures. Yeah. Like, you could animate it. Yeah. <laughs> shitty stick figures with like a flip animation. It was like it, it, that's the only way. Like, there's no way at this point that this movie is gonna be horrific. You know what I mean? I I, t- I tend to think that you're right but i find that because i was thinking about this as a potential on my list just the sort of like i i was thinking of it in terms of like hope you know as kind of a riff on the idea of the new hope Mm -hmm. the star wars name but just that like this movie really does seem like it instills a sense like there's an optimism building up around it yeah that i just oh god i hope that optimism is is founded because it would really be a it would be a bummer like i guess what i'm saying is if it were only good it would be a little bit of a bummer and that's a strange place for a movie to be that's it's already got 50 million in advance ticket sales everybody's in in the world just about is saying they're gonna go see this movie and then if it were just good, it would be kind of like, eh. But if it's really great, then I think it will be what you're kind of talking about. This is like so many people on the same page that are into this thing and yeah. enjoying it. And the other thing is it will never be this way again. Because if even if this is great, mm-hmm. next year there'll be another one, year after that. Even if all of them are great, you won't have this feeling that people have been having leading up to this. Of, yeah. We didn't think we were going to get any more, and now we're getting more. And rather than being nervous because the last ones weren't great, we're actually going, wait, no, it seems like... I mean, every step of the way, every decision every decision they've made that I've heard about has been like, well, it's good. Like, good casting. They got the, you know, they got Lawrence Kasdan back to write. They, so many things they've done right. So, I, yeah, I, I tend to think it can't fail, but that's usually when, yeah. you know, not even God can sink this ship, and then... <laughs> I mean, but uh, there are too many <laughs> things happening that feel too good. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't feel good like this when... Right, I think people it did would not say feel like this. people would say that it did. People would say that people were, <sighs> were beside themselves about the Phantom Menace trailer, but people were excited because it was Star Wars. Exactly. And I remember being—I mean, you guys were younger. I was old enough to be a little cynical, and I didn't like the looks of Jar Jar or Jake Lloyd already. Yeah, yeah. But the trailer was still put together in a way that made you go, "Okay." Yeah. But if watch the Phantom Menace trailer now, and it seems like a relic <laughs> from another age. Yeah. It doesn't look. Maybe it's just yeah. because you know that it wasn't that great. Yeah. But everything that they're emphasizing with this sense of awe and wonder, it doesn't give away some. It doesn't give away the joy that like the current trailers do, where they give you these amazing shots and they were really trying to build this. Oh, this moody feeling of we're about to return to this other world, and it was dispelled the minute we heard Jar Jar's voice. The minute we saw Jake Lloyd say "whoop whoopee" or whatever, yeah. and this movie doesn't seem like it has any of those those pitfalls in it, you know. And right down, I mean, seriously, John Boyega, that new commercial where you get a little taste of his yeah. character, and he's like saying, "You don't know anything about me" and stuff. I love that they're coming. I mean, I like that they're pushing the new characters a lot in the in the ads. I think that's smart. It looks good. I mean, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess that's the whole thing. Like. uh it kind of started with talking to you, kind of incited this idea of me kind of going out of my way to... To just soak in it before yeah, this Yeah, soak in it. I mean, because, like, I, I had a bias for a long time. Like, I'm a Star Trek dude because because of my mom. Mm-hmm. Star Trek was... I mean, like, Star Wars was a thing, but, like, Star Trek was a big part of my life. So, like, letting letting Star Wars in, yeah. letting the Force in, letting... It's, <laughs> It, it kind of, Would you say that it awakened it, in you? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> did the force awaken? <laughs> it did. It did. Or so schmanking. Yeah. Did a wanking happen? It sounds did like you. A... I lean more towards an awanking. Did, did your schmank awaken for this film, Ronald? Yes. A friend of mine and I, who will regularly analyze this kind of thing because we've been Star Wars nerds since we were kids together, we'll talk about 
Like, what have they revealed thus far? And they've been really smart. If you were to look at all the trailers, they really haven't shown... They've shown lots of different aspects of the same moment, but they haven't revealed that much in terms of plot or anything. And I think that is so exciting that you can go see a movie and not be... Not feel like you're pre-spoiled. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a plot summary out there, and I'm sure that in the weeks to come, maybe there'll be more and more. But right yeah. now, I feel like they've shown us a lot to get excitement going, but they haven't, like they haven't said, "Here's the story." I have no idea what the what the actual beats of the plot are going to be. I think yeah. I think you just kind of uh, just I'll throw my first pick out here, just because okay. you kind of pretty much just explained it for All me. Right. So thank you. And in any way. Uh, I was gonna. Mine's related to Star Wars, also mm. the first one. Okay. It's not Star Wars in general, but it's basically. I wanted to go back to J.J. Abrams and his mystery box. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it really never worked as well for him as it did when they put out Cloverfield. Like in terms of his, you know, like the thing he did with TED Talks, talking about this "don't show him everything" yeah. kind of approach. Wasn't it based on something from his childhood? Yeah, or he, he basically bought a magic box at, at a, ma- a box at a magic store of magic tricks that oh, wow. he never actually opened because he felt like without opening it. The story of what's in the box was way more exciting to him than maybe what would actually be in the box if he were to open it. Mm. And that's what he just kept talking about. Like, that's kind of his approach to storytelling and all this jazz. But I feel like, um, like I kind of was looking back into like this, and I feel like Cloverfield was the best example of, I think, where it worked for him. Even like when you think about Lost and people maybe criticize how that show ended. But how that show started and what it actually brought out without telling you anything was pretty effective. And even, even Super 8. You know, they tried the same thing. I don't think it worked as well. But I feel like the fact that it's working with Star Wars uh-huh. is is um, so invigorating to me that a studio as big as Disney and a mm. franchise, arguably the biggest franchise ever, um, like Star Wars, can be relaunched or reintroduced or rebranded even in ways that that application or that, that idea can be applied to Star Wars. Like what you just said, you mm-hmm. and your friend who have been in the Star Wars since you were kids mm. can say there's so much cool shit that we've seen already, but we still don't really know anything. Yeah, And yeah. that people, like, if you go to any of the forums on Reddit or any of these things where people are talking about, oh, who is this character or, mm-hmm. or what's the relation between, you know, the fact that it's incited that much discussion yeah. without giving much away at all is just amazing to me and it and, and I think of it in ways like not just applying to film but like just storytelling in general you know whether it's a podcast or you know there's so many cool podcasts out there that are like doing that thing where it's a fiction but it's storytelling yeah and you think it's real or you think is it real or is it fake yeah um but thinking about Star Wars like I've been in the Star Wars since I was a kid I you know I wouldn't say I'm at the level that John is at you mm-hmm. know in terms of like your love for it I mean I love yeah. Star Wars but I definitely felt burnt in high school when episodes one, two, and oh, three man. came out. And oh yeah, it felt I mean, horrible. I think that yeah, most people are most people that grew up with it felt that way. Yeah, but no, it's like you also feel a little silly for bagging on movies that maybe they're not for you when you're yeah. at that age. But you guys were younger and you still knew they were different. Yeah, yeah, you know I still what I mean? knew that they didn't live up to it. And yeah. I feel like everything I've seen for Star Wars, you know, for this episode seven coming out. It's just kind of like something with J.J. Abrams and like I rewatched that TED Talk like a few weeks ago when I was thinking about this episode and that idea of like giving enough away to keep you interested mm-hmm. without telling you everything. I feel like it fails so much and specifically like us talking about movies every mm. other week. You know what I mean? It just seems like it doesn't work anymore, but I feel like it's working with arguably the biggest movie it could be the biggest yeah. movie ever when this movie comes out it could break every record that yeah. there is and to think that it could work 
on that, it just it just kind of like, well, let it work for other things. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I like one time you said something. I think it might have even been about Sicario, like that you didn't watch the trailers for it. Because, mm-hmm. like, you know, sometimes it ruins it. Yeah. And I think about that in juxtaposition to this idea without, like, giving everything away to ruin everything. Yeah. So why do I even care? Mm. To giving enough away that, like... That you can trust them. Exactly. That you can, exactly. You can hear there's a new ad and you can watch it and you can know you're not going to go... Oh damn it! I feel like I just saw the movie. Exactly, you know? yeah. you're right. And, like, and everything that they, you know, even though it may get to a point where you're like in the few weeks that come up, you're just like, all right, all right, already. Just like this yeah. is enough. But I feel like the way that they're trickling that out and the way that they are tempering so delicately what they do and do not say, I just feel like the fact that it works on Star Wars is like the ultimate testament that like it can work with anything. Yeah, you know, and that idea just. That's exciting to me, mm-hmm. and like it just kind of just reminded me how much I love that idea when I go to look for storytelling. You know, if I was a filmmaker, or you know, like I just admire people that can make that happen. It just, mm-hmm. it, you know, it kind of. He's like, got haters, you know. JJ Abrams I, I know. has, but I isn't know. that weird? Like, I mean, I honestly, here's where I felt like I felt like he was such a like a crowd pleasing type director who. Like obviously he loves and worships Spielberg yeah. and different people. I mean, I, I I mean I can hear people say this person hasn't ever had an original stylistic idea or whatever. And it's like I don't know about that. Sometimes I think that sometimes, it, but I I just it's one of those things where people can become such experts on movies, you know, and they seem to know everything about like that. It, it's even doing an homage to something like that takes a certain amount of skill. But yeah, yeah, yeah. but I feel like I to me it would be more like that people would think he was an anonymous director or kind of a safe choice rather than being like somebody that they would hate. But I've seen so many people that are like, oh, I'll get over the fact that it's J.J. Abrams. If I hear people say that it's good, uh, maybe I'll go see this. But it's like, so your excitement for Star Wars is, I mean, I feel like it's somewhat director proof, but I was really glad when they gave it to him because even though I didn't love uh, the Star Trek Into Darkness, I still felt like his take on Star Trek really made you feel his desire to make a Star Wars movie, oh, you yeah. know? Absolutely. And I've heard that behind the scenes, uh, he really wanted to be like the the Lucas. Like, he's come out and said he's not going to be involved in the later films. But I heard that behind the scenes, he kind of made a bid to say, I'd love to be the person who can be the producer behind these sure, films. Because these are... It's always been a producer-driven franchise in a way. Yeah. Um, but I think Kathleen Kennedy, who's been with... Lucasfilm forever, so I mean, it's great that she's in place. She's there's no reason to think he would be better, a better steward than her. But just the fact that he kind of wanted to be that shows you that this was like a filmmaker getting, like he got to play with the toys that every filmmaker of a certain age probably fantasized of getting to play with, like Star Wars, and not just Star Wars, but at a point where what you're saying, what you're saying. That people are excited about it. People are letting their cynicism drop about this just a little. People wanted to see fucking Han Solo again. They wanted to hear Chewbacca again. You know. Yeah, and, and no. it's not just like the basal level of like just. You're it's not pure about, nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Right. You're, it's not just I, I, just because yeah. it's Star Wars. It's it bugs not me that. when people say that, right? Yeah, because it's not that. It's that yeah. it's Star Wars and it looks good. Yeah. Exactly. Because <laughs> I wouldn't exactly. be enthusiastic about it if it was shitty looking. Yeah. I'd right. be like, and it's no, good that, like it's good to be able to mention after what you just said because you're coming from a point where you're like, mm-hmm. I was never really totally into it at all. And that's not that. That's exciting to me. And I'm thankful, you know, and that's why I kind of I, I kind of wasn't sure if I wanted to pick it, but I do want to pick it because we see so many movies and like we talk about movies all the time. We talk about franchises that we love over and over and over again. <clears throat> but I just think the idea of like being able to tease something 
and make me want to see it more than I ever thought I'd want to see it. Like, I wanted to see Star Wars. And it's not something you sought out, Steve. It's not something that you found on some weird outlet, and you're like, I'm into this weird thing, and it's a little tease. It's like, here's the biggest tease that the whole culture has ever had. Yeah, and it's the the most widespread thing that people are talking about, but they're talking about it because it's legitimately enticing. It's exciting, It's exciting, and it just makes me want to know more, and... I don't know, man. Like, it's so it's so cheesy, but like, I just want to see this movie so bad. Like, everybody does. <laughs> right. Like, no more than you, obviously. Yeah. But it's just like, I didn't think I'd be to that point. I thought I'd be like, oh, dude, I'm totally seeing Star Wars. When yeah. it comes out. I can't wait. But like, over the last three weeks, it has grown exponentially. Where I'm just like, fuck, let me see this movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And like, that's just weird to me because I didn't think I'd feel that way. But it's truly. All because of how delicately, and it's marketing, so heads off to marketing or, or yeah. hats off to marketing. <clears throat> but but you know that like his idea and like the way he operates, it's had a lot to do with it. Right. And a lot of times it's backfired on him. Like I feel like a lot of people hated what they did with Star Wars or Star Trek in the Darkness with the whole con thing. Yeah. And, like, and I agree with that totally. But the idea is not flawed. It's just the execution. Well, you know, yeah. th- there's all this weird blowback about the idea and I know we wrestle with how much we want to spoil things on this show and certain things you can't talk about without saying certain things and then there's other stuff where you can maybe you know just assume people have seen it and talk about twists and things like that but you run into that idea of like have you ever heard that that statistic or study that showed that people don't really enjoy things less because they're spoiled for them people love to quote that when they're telling you why it's not bad that they are ruining something right. for you. Yes. Right. And it's right. like, right. I I get to choose that. I get to choose whether yeah. I'm bothered by that. And I know that for me, wondering what's going to happen is a huge part of a lot of the things that I love. Like, it was a yeah. great thing about Breaking Bad, you know, wondering what was going to happen week to week. Um, if I'd known exactly what was going to happen, I'm, I probably still would have admired the show, but I know I wouldn't have had that, oh my God, I got to yeah. see what's going on. So I find that, like, that's kind of strange when people decry, like, J.J. Abrams and his mystery box because I feel like it can work for certain things. I do think the idea of withholding all the information as a way of like misdirecting people or tricking people, I don't think every movie needs to be presented that way. But Agreed. when it's something like this, yeah. where you can trickle out information and you can create a little bit of mystery, it's a little bit like those what is the Matrix or whatever yeah. commercials, where you, you it doesn't it just puts the question in your head and you kind of it makes the thing that much more anticipated when it comes along. So I mean, I feel like there's a happy medium. I think that. People, I mean, you hear more in TV than movies, but there's a legitimate belief that studios think that we, the American consumer, are not smart enough to take in fragments of yeah. ideas. And that we want to be told them. exactly what yeah, it is yeah. before we go into and, it. And I think it's a form of control. I think that people really are not comfortable with the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why people want to know big parts of things. They're really uncomfortable with letting things unfold before their eyes if they get these pieces of information it's not as hard for them to I think that people like to sound smart when they're at tables and they're like Mm -hmm. so what is this movie about it was about A, B, and C but if you had no piece of that and you're processing it right as the movie is showing Mm -hmm. and then you have to talk to someone about it afterwards I think it'd be less intelligent answers because Mm -hmm. people don't process things quite as well as yeah, I know it, what because you mean. they're getting that information. They're getting they've they've gotten information. They've for almost five decided months. how they feel before they sit down. Exactly. I mean, maybe it's a certain type of person that we're talking about. Oh yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, sort yeah. of yeah. right. Because I've yeah. I've done that. Sat down and watched Absolutely. a movie and been like, it's almost like a checklist in my mind. Right. Oh, this scene. Oh, this scene. I heard about this. Yeah, I knew this was happening. You know, yeah. and I'm I'm glad that 
at least as of now, no one's ruined it for me yet. I, I'm going to sit down to watch a new Star Wars movie and go... What you can know, I learn? Yeah, right. I, 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 just, I, I have a few theories about story beats that I think are going to be in there. Right, and that's what but, I'm saying. But you're you're, yeah. you're thinking that. Yeah. yeah, you're not being shown that. Right. Yeah, and that that's what it is. Is like the, this idea of the mystery box, but just being thankful for not knowing mm-hmm. everything that could be known about this. Yeah. You know, before I have the chance to watch it and experience it, and like let the storytelling unfold. Mm-hmm. Like I love that. Me too. And, and I I can't wait to see that. And uh, I have I have faith that it's going to be a, a great experience. I I feel like. It could be that experience, like, you know, last year, like, mentioning Guardians, like, that kind of exciting, fun thing in the theater. It's going to be that. I'm 100% confident that it's going to be that. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait. Yeah, there's going to be a certain amount of, ooh. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like cold chill. The moment you get a cold chill from, like, a two-second teaser, Mm -hmm. you know something is happening. You know what I mean? And, like, and I know everybody had that feeling at some point watching these Star Wars trailers mm-hmm. or these teaser trailers or the clips or whatever you want to pick. I gotta say as a as a parent it's a great tool to have to get Henry out of bed. Henry there's a new Japanese TV spot. <laughs> you can watch it on YouTube if you brush your teeth. <laughs> it's great leverage. Um, uh, we hear BB-8 in this one. I'm just saying come on down. Um, did you notice that BB-8 sounds like Bebot? No. Wow. Do you remember Bebot the, the app? No, no it's a, it's, I don't know if it still is, uh, like, if it's maintained for the current operating systems, but it was an early iPhone app that was, like, this little synthesizer, but it was, like, you put your finger on the screen, and you move it around, and it's, like, like a graph almost. Oh, like you're yes, going yes, yes. In mod- it's, you're I adjusting that. the pitch and the modulation, oh, wow. yeah. and it's a little robot animation that, when you do it, it goes, ow, and looks like it's singing, but it, you could play it. It looked you know? like Ren and Stimpy style. Yeah, but yes, you move it I around, and it goes, wow. <laughs> but I used to say, like, you could, this is perfect for having a conversation with a robot. You could just use this. And yeah. In fact, I wanted to do a podcast where it was me and Bebot <laughs> talking to each other. Um, I was so ambitious and creative back then. In the mid-aughts. Uh, oh, yeah, uh, it, it, it is seriously the most fun. Yes. yes. It's like it does a, look like Ren and Stimpy. It's like yeah, a super like fun Stimpy toy. To, you, you will find wow, it super wow, addictive. Wow, 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 wow. It's a really... You can anyway, make some really cool stuff. So I will stuff go on. ahead and say we've kind of... Because I, I don't want to dwell on this, but we've kind of killed two possible items for my thanks list. So I'll just quickly say that I was going to mention uh, the, the hope of just... Yeah. You can get beaten down by a trilogy that's not that great, and if the right players are in place... You, they can get you excited again, which is very much yeah, what we're absolutely. all talking about. Absolutely. And the other thing, I was going to throw a little bit of love to the idea that you can switch it off, like what I did with Sicario, that I've decided with Star Wars that there's a point I may say, you know what, I'm in the bag for this. I don't need to see any more. Definitely. But I don't know. I, at this point, I don't know that I would have the willpower. <laughs> but definitely with Sicario, I I mean, I wish... I admire that about I, like, I w- almost wish I could have done that with The Revenant. I almost wish I could have done that with the Hail Caesar, the Coen Brothers movie that's coming out next year, because those trailers have gotten me super excited but I also know that if I hadn't seen those trailers right. and I were sitting down to watch that movie and seeing that stuff for the first time in the context of the movie, yeah. I would be just, like you said, giddy. I would Because li- we're all capable. I mean, we're grown men, but I bet we all still have, when the lights go down in the theater, you're kind of like yes. slapping in your, your knees and going, give me something good. And I kind of <laughs> feel like I feel like there's certain experiences you can have. Obviously, a movie like Star Wars can give you that. But yeah. even a, a weird movie like Sicario that's not a a crowd-pleasing, tentpole-type movie, you can still have that exciting experience at the movies if you're just not too spoiled. Yeah. So, yeah, both you can switch it off and uh, Hope Springs Eternal. Or I kind of walkered you guys on that one. <laughs> so what's your next schmanks, Ronald? Um, mine is uh, original content. So, uh, network stuff, a lot of it is bullshit, let's be honest. And the last couple years... 
I want to be dishonest. I don't think it, I don't think any of it is bullshit. <laughs> it's been a lot of bullshit. But what's interesting? It's all great. I mean, I you know I I I seldom praise this company, but I'm gonna do it today. <laughs> <laughs> I knew really, the tides have turned. I knew this really, was coming. I, actually, really I knew this was it coming. It took 148 episodes. Specific, specifically about original content, not about the yeah, content. No, no their other the... content has slipped, I would say. Yeah, like, yeah. They're so, even more likely now to not have, well, let's let's say the word. <laughs> so with Hulu, Amazon, Epics even. Mm-hmm. And, uh, What's it? And What's that? Ne- What's the last one? Netflix. Oh. Netflix? no. 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 You need to articulate better. <laughs> that, fucking Netflix. <laughs> so what's happening lately in the past like, couple years? You know, they were years? thinking about changing their name to fucking Netflix. <laughs> fucking Netflix. Yeah. That all goes to the Netflix and chill thing that, yeah. that's become pretty popular. Um, <laughs> so weird that that's become like a, a term. Well, you know, when that kind of thing pops up and you're like, I guess I get that, but I don't know what that is. And then you then you see it again, and you're like, "Oh, I do get it." There's just really nothing to it. It literally is what just, it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, last couple of years, you're seeing uh, Netflix really Netflix and Amazon in particular, and and Hulu championing original content, content that is just I I I, I, w- I would like to think wouldn't see the light of day. It wouldn't happen otherwise. Right. Oh, okay. Prime example is uh, I have a prime example. Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Kimmy Schmidt, we saw a trailer for it on national TV mm-hmm. to air. It was going to air in the fall. Disappear completely. Like they took it off the schedule, yeah. Took it off the schedule, reemerged on Netflix. And that was the first time that I had really thought Netflix is a good resource for content that is off the grid. Yeah. Of what, what's normal. And then, and I guess we can say uh, Masters of None. Mm-hmm. Minority lead, uh, really diverse cast. Really well written, but wouldn't have seen the light of day unless it was something like HBO. I feel like, but and it wouldn't have then, gone it if it had gone through HBO's process of development. It would have been two years yeah, before you would have seen absolutely. it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and Master of None is one that's been getting a certain amount of press too. I mean, I think Aziz Ansari has reached a certain critical point of. Mm. But what I love is that his persona is so much. I mean, we're talking about referring back to one of your previous things. Talk about like positive energy. He's mm. like a little. Uh, He's lovable. Yeah. And he's definitely. like, his, he plays, his comedy, he does sort of an exaggerated persona, and he's, he's played these obnoxious kind of douchey characters before. He plays them well. Like, his character on Parks and Rec was kind of a douchey guy, <laughs> yeah. for this, but this small town guy who wants to be like an impresario is a funny idea. Yeah. But he's actually a really sensitive dude. Yeah. And I think that, that his show is like a, I don't know, a show where someone's trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Instead of the like, the like the cringe factor occurs, but not because he's a misanthropic asshole. It's because he's like a lovable dude, you know. Yeah. And I think yeah. there's something unique about that. And yeah, that's happening right now. Like that is their thing. And in two or three weeks, Ronald, there'll be some other show that's a Netflix show. I guarantee yeah. you that everyone will be talking about. It's... Even with Bob and David, which just came out, what other network would have said? Yes. Four or five episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do, do what you want. Yeah, yeah. And like literally, boom! Like they announced they were going to do it, and they got it on Netflix. And then within a short period of time, it's out. I just, I just love that freedom. I love the idea of these creators going into business with a company that is saying, right. "We know right now that we're gonna, we're gonna gain our reputation if we do things that no one else." is yeah. doing it's not quite as crazy as like adult swim but yeah. you know the way sometimes something would come on adult swim and you'd just be like i can't believe this is a show i yeah. better watch this 
Peloton. Yeah. And I find that Netflix is inching towards that sort of like they've got a lot of stuff. They kind of put it out without making a big fanfare even. You yeah. know, it's just it, it comes out. I think it's really, really fascinating. It's something that kind of has roots in something that happened like six years, five, six years ago, which they refer to as like the gold rush of YouTube, where like they had something like three hundred million dollars that they were just throwing at people to make content. content yeah. And the difference now is it, it's 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 a lot more honed in. Mm-hmm. Just throwing money at content makers is very different than giving people the resources. Well, Netflix resource. has got that famous algorithm that they don't share with yeah. anybody, but we know they're recording yeah. like when you stop watching and thing. when you fast forward and what you pause right. on and what you come back to. So they, they know like probably yeah. when they get like old content, like say, I don't know, from a creator or something, or they know people are liking this, this, and this, they can probably tell yeah. we'll do well with Wet Hot American Summer, you know, which again, how could that have existed without Netflix? Right. And, and it's just recent that recently that we heard a little bit of the back door and yeah. when they uh, right. said the stuff about the movie Bastards mm-hmm. what was it well, I can't remember the uh, name of the movie now uh, Bastards Be- of No Nation no, Beasts of No Beasts Nation, of no Nation. Yeah. Um, just, 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 just run them. wow Ronald Bastards flat out insulted those characters Jeez, whiz. Yeah, I was like I although I don't know I think Bastard is a step up from Beast if someone called it, it Bastard yeah. right right well, you know what be different like in the bedroom You'd want to be a beast, not a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> but in society, I think you'd you'd want to be a bastard, not a beast. Yeah. Uh, bastard just seems like putting money on the counter, like yeah, <laughs> right. the towels, the wet towels in the bathroom. No, but you're right. That was the first time we really saw like yeah. uh, uh, that that they were still kind of experimenting, and that maybe this experiment has you know it's it's still yet to be seen that they can pull yeah. that off and not have the theatrical run seem like a. We're talking about the fact that it was day and date. It was on Netflix and in theaters. Yeah. And I just don't... The theatrical run was nothing. You know? I don't know if it's going to be like this forever. It, it feels like it won't be. Like, I don't I don't know... No, I, I know don't what know. you mean. Well, yeah, HBO... This... It was HBO about 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Or so. And I think that it changes. I think it it, is... at some point they won't be as risk-taking. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's We're experiencing something that they're doing for the sole purpose of winning us over. And when they're getting us a level of fame and success that that is not going to be the case in mm-hmm. the future. But right now, it feels like a, like a golden era of, of new content almost every month that feels good and entertaining. And I haven't seen anything that they put out that's theirs that I haven't liked, with the exception of like Orange is the New Black. But out of like 20 things, yeah. like to say like, oh, I didn't... John, yeah. I just watched John Mulaney's new mm-hmm. stand-up. The the fact that new content is coming out and it's exclusive to Netflix is the reason why I didn't like it before. And like you know, there was nothing that separated it from anything else before. Now that they're making uh, an effort to put out things on a cycle that almost feels like, oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you you know, you get an email now. It's like, hey, John Mulaney special is on. You yeah. might. Because of the algorithm, they they have guessed at this point guessed everything that I've wanted to watch when they send me those hint emails like, "Hey, this just came out this Friday. We know you like this, mm-hmm. you piece of shit. <laughs> you predictable you like dick piece jokes. of shit, <laughs> right? It's just I'm it's I'm coming along to like I kind of like Netflix." Especially for the original content. I don't really even watch any I, of I support that. you, Ronald. I, don't I, feel like you know, I, should, I feel like I should trash my next thankful thing and just be thankful that you like Netflix <laughs> yeah. finally. <laughs> it's happening, man. After Masters of Master of None. Well, I feel yeah, like if great. I feel like I was, we could put man, together Jesus a Christ. super edit though of you gradually coming to terms with Netflix. 
where you every time every time you're a little bit more, but you're still not coming right out. This and is saying, how love works. The, the day when you can say Netflix and not have to preamble it with right. all the grumbling, that's when we'll know. But until but I think we've done so some good work here. It's right happening. Now. Yeah. It. Yeah. It's it's happening. Yeah. All right, Steve. We're coming along. My next uh, thing that I'm thankful for is something that we've talked about. Far too much on this episode, on this podcast. Usually, as a lead-in, that drives John crazy. Um, <laughs> I knew this was going to come up, but I got to give some uh, some additional focused love to uh, Plex Media Service. Oh, that, is that Jesus the sound Christ. of the other shoe dropping? I is think, that, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Oh okay. Jesus! Um, I wasn't sure if Rana would use it as well, but I feel like in the last year, especially, I have come to fully understand the power of Plex. Mm. And how I can harness its power for mm-hmm. my enjoyment and the enjoyment of others around me. Uh, but basically, I just love the idea that at my home, I can run a software that points to a physical piece of media and... Steve Flicks. Ton- yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you love Netflix, I love Steve Flicks. So, Steve Flicks slash Ronald Flicks, so we share our libraries. Yeah. So, you know, like, all the content that I've collected over the years, to be able to have it sit somewhere in my house... That obviously I'm responsibly backing up on a regular basis, mm-hmm. um, and allow me to get to it from anywhere that I have an internet connection is um, is an old idea, but it's the best idea because it's my stuff. Oh yeah, and I love the curated content of things like Netflix, like Hulu, like Amazon. I I support all that stuff. I love the original program, like you're saying, but. Years past, I would look at a big-ass shelf of DVDs and Blu-rays and everything in between and show, yeah, this is what I love. Mm-hmm. This is what I want to watch uh, for the first time or for the 101st time. But now the fact that I have an open-source, free piece of software that runs on an old piece-of-shit PC in my house, mm-hmm. plugged into my router, <laughs> plugged into my hard drive, and I can watch it from anywhere in my house, mm-hmm. on any TV, on any mobile device, any screen that I have that has internet. Yeah, is the best thing that's happened to me probably this year. You're saying I could watch it on my new out-of-the-box iPhone 6S? You You could. could. (laughs) Even with a possibly broken vibrating (laughs) mechanism inside of it. You could. Um, I just love the idea of of it being so accessible. I mean, it's such an overplayed concept, the accessibility of media, just like Ronald had picked you know, Mm -hmm. in, in a prior episode. But I feel like it's just, for me, it's culminated and, and into this software. And it's growing, and it, I feel like this is something that's continually being developed. It's going across different platforms now to different uh, operating systems, different pieces of hardware that it wasn't available on before. And, um, you know, the more and more I learn about it, the more I can make it work for me. So yeah. I, I love the idea of being able to... Um, check in from work if I have a downtime and be able to watch an episode of something that I've been waiting to watch that's sitting on my server at home. And it's not something that's completely new, but I feel like this software has definitely taken the step forward over things like XBMC or Kodi or other things that have been around or Popcorn Time, whatever the other ones are. And it really is becoming like the one. And And it's really cool because it is really an amazing piece of software that is free. It has a paid level if you if you see the benefit in having it, but I would do nothing. Uh, I'd be failing if I didn't show love for Flex because for Plex because I use it every day, yeah. all day on all my TVs, and um, it is it is amazing. I mean, like I don't know, like we've talked about it so many times on this podcast, but um, I I definitely wanted to pick it as one of mine because I it's probably the thing that I use the most when it comes to TV 
movie, media, anything. It, it's mm-hmm. Plex, and it's amazing. So. Yeah. Um, that said, John, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, you need to. This turned into an intervention. I picked it as one of my three, John. Yeah. What more do you want? I, you know, there was a time where I thought maybe I will learn about Plex and I'll start using it, and I will thank, I will surprise everybody by mentioning it as something I'm thankful for. I didn't get around to doing that, mm. so who knows? Maybe, uh, you know, maybe next year. There's always next year. Yeah, there's yeah. always next year. If Ronald is coming around to Netflix, maybe I, I'll come yeah, around to Plex. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but for the record, I don't have anything, anything against Plex. Oh, no, I just I haven't know. seen how it fits into my yeah. consumption of things. Sometimes yet, it's but. just as simple as, like, I'll see that Steve put something up or Steve will see that I put something up and it's available. Mm-hmm. It, it comes in handy. Um, I've, been, I've been being a you little... You know, by the way, I always think that is the dirtiest sounding phrase. Which one? Comes it in comes handy. in handy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's I'm a little, glad you finally said it. It's a little childish maybe sounding, but it's it's very... <laughs> That's the perfect name for a porn. It's like you would warn someone, hey, watch out with that thing. It comes in handy. It's <laughs> a good one, man. But being able to, man, tracking all that stuff is just, I used to not have a way to wrangle all that media into one place. Mm -hmm. I have the paid one just because, like, Xbox, so the Xbox one's in beta, Mm -hmm. but it's like a full-fledged version. But in order to use that version, they're like, you have to have a premium membership. And I'm like, "Uh." And then you get access to the the newer products. So, like, there's the, the media player you can put on any laptop. Have you tried that one? The laptop one? I should just shoot it over to you. So, like, it's it's a full-fledged application that you can put on your Mac or your PC. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. just a player. Yeah, yeah. Have I you tried it yet? I haven't installed it, now. Okay, so it works really well. Um, and I don't know. It's 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 a life-changing thing. I don't know. It's just it's it's a it's a it's a piece of magic, honestly. Like yeah. in terms of technology, like. The spoils of technology and like how um, easy things have become, you know, e- mm-hmm. ease of use and uh, accessibility are like the ingredients for magic these days. Well, I'm going to uh, throw one out, which is that one of the big things that's been going on, it's been going on all along uh, uh, with my son, but this year it really seems like was the year that. I started sharing things like he's gotten a little bit older and he can watch stuff. He's expressed an interest in like scarier things or more intense things, or he wants to know more what I'm watching. Like he, in his mind, PG 13 is just an invitation for him to watch it. You know, <laughs> like it's PG 13. I can watch this dad. Um, and things like gremlins and okay. you know gremlins too. But I mean, things that, that it just seems like there's an interest. Like he said around Halloween, I want to. I want to watch something scary, and not like Goosebumps, but like something yeah. really scary. And I tried to think of what we could, what we could watch, you know. And it just was. It's fun to share entertainment with your spawn. It's just fun. But you realize you've curated this knowledge of pop culture. Mm-hmm. He likes so many of the things that I would have hoped he would like, you know. <laughs> right, right. Like even down to like music. There's an Onion headline that's like, um, <laughs> "Dad uh, fosters taste in daughter that renders her." completely alienated from all her peers or something like that i mean i don't think it's that way i mean it's like i have not forced it but you just see that there's this fun of sharing that culture and there's this person that is so fun to like see him watch gremlins 2 and see how crazy it is like because he saw the first one and he liked gizmo and he liked you know the the story and then i showed him that he and peel sketch where 
don't know if you've seen it. Yeah. It's where the guy, the guys the are having a boardroom meeting. They're writing Gremlins too. Yes. And then yes, a guy yes. comes in and like suggests all this crazy <laughs> shit. So I showed him that, and then he watched Gremlins two with me. But he kept like checking them off, being like, "I still haven't seen Electricity Gremlin. Yeah. Can't wait to see Food Gremlin." When they become like a real person, and you can actually yeah. see that reaction, it's very organic. It's That's very awesome. natural, and it's also just like here's a person that you like hanging out with anyway, <laughs> right. and you get to see him experience all this all this cool stuff, you know. Yeah. So super super fun. So yeah, sharing sharing pop culture with your spawn is something I'm thankful for, and I recommend it. Mm. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> uh, what's my pick? Uh, yeah. couple, I think this might be your last one. Yeah, coupley stuff is my. Mm. So um, I'm just getting in the thick of like a relationship. Like I'm like it's comfort and and. We see each other really often. Well, not often enough, but often enough. Not often enough is what I'm trying to say. A couple things have been happening that really remind me of, like, we're wearing off of e- on each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, let me think. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars is one thing. And she's starting to, like, introduce me to things. And, and All right. So, there's one thing, there's one thing to experience some, something with somebody who has no knowledge of a thing. Right, mm-hmm. but like every time I had a question, I was like, "So what is that?" Should we like, well, the the fourth is does this, yeah. and this is related to this, and this is why he said that, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "Oh, okay," and that's she's like that about things, almost obsessive, and I'm like that with stuff too, and experiencing movies with somebody that you love is nuts yeah. it's nuts because like it's it's not you can bounce ideas off of each other for like days two movies this happened with very recently the night before the comedy with uh uh anthony mackie seth rogan and joseph gordon levitt mm-hmm. super funny i suggest you see it no, I, I thought the trailer funny. looked hilarious I and, agree. and the trailer doesn't give away a lot of stuff which i that scene in the church though Oh, it's where hilarious. he's like, they think we That's did. That's not even the funniest. But scene, the scene though. where he, right. but you know, in the trailer oh, when he's like, they think we I did. Know, that. I know. I know. <laughs> Seth Rogen, he's yeah. becoming. I mean, I know he that. Is good. I feel like people. I feel like people are a little asleep on Seth Rogen I and how agree. talented he is. He is I actually agree. a really good actor, but he's one of those people who's just. Let, let him he knows see. How Meanwhile, to... he's becoming like one of the most consistent comic people. And he's yeah. sweet, but he can squeeze a laugh out of yeah, shit that you think he's yeah. done before, and then you find yourself going, "Nope, he hasn't done this before," or he just does it better than other people. The dick pic texting the thing. Dick pic texting. <laughs> thing. I was dying. I never thought I would ever laugh at something dying. that hard. Dying to the point that the crowd, you—it's like that moment, like where you're not even hearing the dialogue half of it because like people yeah. are laughing so loud. Um, really also, funny movie. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Anthony Mackie held their weight. I mean, I felt like, like I I honestly felt like jo- Joseph Gordon-Levitt kind of got on my nerves a little bit in the movie. He was he was hella annoying. I mean, yeah. like, but I think that was the whole part of me. Felt right, like that's that his, was character. Part of his character. Yeah. But yeah, he was super annoying. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, but, so but that, your experience with Aaron. So that he's the male what, Hathaway. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> really, he's yeah. becoming that for oh, me. Man. Yeah, that I, I agree with you. That makes me. Yeah, sad. yeah. That doesn't okay. mean. I, I mean, I think they're both exceptionally talented. Yeah, but, but yeah, I, I get. What they're, they're like there's something about they seem like straight A students, you know. Right, right. So that movie. Yeah. And Spotlight. Saw Spotlight. Oh, God, I got to see Spotlight. That was incredible. Okay, so I grew up Catholic. Weird stuff. <laughs> Watching it with her and then, like, talking about it afterwards with her. I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's you know, when you go to see movies by yourself and then you get out of the movie there, you're like, oh, man. Yeah. But then when you see it with somebody you love, somebody you you want to spend a lot of time with, you, it's different, man. Mm-hmm. It's different. and I And I am enjoying it 
so much more experiencing these things and, and star wars might like might shake up my world because like it's the first it feels like transformative almost like mm-hmm. you it doesn't have to be but it will be it feels like transformers <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what did i miss transformers it feels like michael bay's something happened i missed it Revenge of the Fallen, specifically. That would be the, the, the twist of a lifetime, just like, fuck Star Wars, and it's going to yeah. be terrible. Or if but, you came in after this, and you're like, did I say Star Wars last time? Guys, I was talking about Transformers. Yeah, Transformers, shit. I've been Transformers the whole time. I'm sorry. This word association. But yeah, just experiencing these things with my girlfriend, it's just been really magical, man, and I, I'm really enjoying it. And I, I see how somebody could, like, it becomes a tradition forever. Yeah. You know, kind of experiencing. I'm I'm so fortunate to to be dating someone, to be with somebody that enjoys movies. So, yeah, couple stuff. couple stuff. That's couple-y my, stuff. couple stuff. Steve, you're, my, you're, my you're last big pick, schmanks. My big schmanks is um, <laughs> the most generic concept that I feel like we all take for granted, and I'm thankful for it, which is just time in general. Oof. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of things happen in the past year to me personally, to friends around me, like getting married, my friend getting married, my friend losing a, a relative, like just a lot of situations that came up that really make you really, um, whether you're looking back and appreciating the time that you had with someone or looking forward to the time that you're going to share with someone like you guys mm-hmm. are talking about, uh, or the time that you're in right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the most thing, the thing that I, sometimes we all take for granted and as generic as that sounds, I think like days go by where we forget to dream about things and inspire each other and, and, and aspire ourselves to do bigger things. And, you know, these things that have happened to me in the last year, um, you know, going on my honeymoon, experiencing my own wedding, planning my wedding, appreciating the extra time I had to plan certain things that just never felt like they'd come together. And also in the moment having to roll with the things that didn't yeah, quite come yeah, together. Exactly. The weather thing. Yeah, 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 the weather just completely yeah. threw a hitch in our plans. But the fact is, is that, you know, some things you can't control and mm-hmm. I just appreciate the things that I can. Yeah. And uh, still a really amazing man, the no, wedding. It was an amazing wedding. We didn't really oh, talk about you. it a lot, but thank it was fun. No, Ron and I actually had a conversation uh, separate from, you know, I guess when you were on your honeymoon, we were talking about how it kind of snuck up on us that we were sitting at the table with you know, Lauren and Brian, mm-hmm. it was like, well, these clearly are, it's like, how did we sneak into the table of people who mean something to Steve? Because <laughs> like, we were like, mistake. oh, wait, Steve might been... like us. <laughs> right. he must, or, or he knew that we at least wouldn't offend these people or whichever it was. But it was, I mean, you know, it's like, that's one of those times where it really sneaks up on you, especially for you, when you see all these people together in one yeah. place and you're like, somehow it all fits. Everyone behaves. Everyone kind of appreciates each other. There's something so cool about that. It's magical, man. Yeah. I yeah, really. I'm glad, glad to hear I, that. Yeah, I'm really I, glad I, we got to share it with you. Oh, no, food, I, I'm, I'm thankful that you guys could make the it. The food choices you made, amazing. The what was that cornbread? Oh yeah, that cor- cornbread. Where was that cornbread from? Uh, the baker. I mean that that caterer. I don't know. Fuck. Man. I had like four pieces. I'm glad. I cannot stop. I, c- eating. I wasn't eating my cornbread, and Ronald couldn't believe it. He was just looking at me like, "You haven't had what? the cornbread yet?" Like, you- John, are you gonna eat that cornbread? There's not a lot of good cornbread in the world, and the fact that it. it Good, good. No, this is all great no, things man. to hear. And I mean, yeah. I think that we spent a lot of time planning that wedding and a lot of time looking forward to that wedding. And, you know, you know, it's I don't know, just like trying to comprehend it's it's hard. And like earlier this year I posted this thing on my on Facebook, like this this web app like interactive thing that I came across, like that basically explains 
time in relevance to where oh. you are in your age or in wow. your life. And I don't know, did you guys have you did did you see this thing that I'm no, talking about? No. Like it came out earlier. I have to send it to you. But it basically talks about like how you know these days we're always like I can't believe a year has gone by, mm -hmm. and it just talks about like when you're a kid, a year feels like forever, right? And when you're an adult, it feels like you blinked and it's past. Yeah. And it's like you're, really... you're remembering all the stuff you were saying this time last year that you were going to get done exactly. that you haven't even started getting right. done. And exactly. You're like, How can this be? Yeah. And it's just like a really big eye opener to me. Like I went back and I, I feel like all my friends that, that saw that we always talk about that and we always mm -hmm. like we exaggerate. Like I can't believe it. it's like a year and it's like and sometimes you're like that's a good thing and sometimes you're like that's a horrible thing because I didn't do the things I wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. And it's just like conversations I've had recently and and even experience that I've had recently and. Whether it was for like a great experience or a really sad one, you know, it just really made me. It, it it continues to make me think about time and you know just like how I take it for granted sometimes, and I know that we all do, mm -hmm. and it just really makes me want to like, you know, take advantage of not take for granted, but take advantage of the time that we have to do the things that we aspire and dream to do because too often, and I and I'm guilty of it every single day, and and in my current job and just, you know, in, in kind of th this sleepwalking mode, sometimes I feel like we're getting into or that I get into where I'm not doing the things that like, I feel like I've always dreamed about doing. And the moments that I'm doing those things, like going on my honeymoon and experiencing something like that, that I've never, you know, snorkeling for the first time, like it, like, you know, being in that moment and having the time to do it was like, transformative yeah. to me yeah. and like leaving that honeymoon it was like Transformers back. yeah it was Transformers there it is um, it all comes back to Transformers thank you Michael Bay um, you know I don't know you just walk out of an experience like that and at the end of this year like talking about this episode and like thinking about things like the last year has been really emotional for me you know in, in at the most negative sad and the most happiest of the spectrums mm. but it, it all comes back to the middle of it which is that like we have time yeah. and you know, it's not, it's not guaranteed. It's not, you don't know when it's going to stop. So like, I just want to make sure that we all, you know, appreciate it and, you know, take advantage of it and say the things that we want to say and do the things that we want to do because, you know, we might not be able to, yeah. Yeah. some people don't take that opportunity and I don't want to be one of those people. So, you know, I, I'm just thankful that, you know, tomorrow is what I look forward to. And, you know, and this moment right here, you know, being able to do fun things with you guys and record the podcast and, you know, just do the things that I, I love doing in life is like a huge opportunity yeah, and I appreciate it. I, and I like just way. being able to, to, to take that time and, and know that it's, it's finite and that, uh, I don't know, just that I appreciate it. That's all, you know, and, and that I can continue to look forward to things and I will never stop looking forward to things. And that's my challenge and to myself and hopefully the next year, like the next, how many minutes are in this next year, days, whatever, like, you know, that time that I'm afforded, I'm going to challenge myself to really you know take advantage of every moment that i get and mm -hmm. and i and I, I know you guys will too and and it's just like and value every moment that you're in whether it's with your son with your girlfriend that you're in this like amazing thing that you've never had before with it's just like savor that time because it's just like you never know yeah it's so yeah, cliche man. but yeah well, you I never mean, know it's like it's like it's like the root of everything I i'm trying to get my head around for this next year it's like so many awesome things have happened to me that it's just like Let's make it more. Yeah. Awesome. Well, no, yeah. you realize those cliches are real when you're in that moment. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Like, I remember yeah. when I was saying Life's a Gift a couple of years ago, and we were doing this, and I was like, that's, you know, that's, there's several embroidered pillows that say that in <laughs> yeah. any uh, Bible store that you yeah. go to, you know? Oh, yeah. But, um, 
but it's still when you think it, you're like, yeah, fuck, it is. Like the reason people yeah, say right. that is because it's true. So yeah. Well, mine feels sort of uh, the any of the ones that I was going to run through as my last one now feel that like they are not uh, deep enough. So I'll just <laughs> I'll just rattle off a couple of quick things. Here. Right. Um, I was really glad that in its second week of release, Ant Man beat Pixels at the box office this year. For some mm. reason, that was something I cared That's about. A win. That's a good one. I, I set that as the benchmark of. This movie that I was rooting for, if it gets, if it disappears because of Pixels next week, because it came out the, a week before Pixels, right. I was like, I'll, I would be sad for the movie. Sure. And there were a lot of people talking smack saying this looks silly. Well, it'd be Pixels, so it's like. That's a silly thing. I feel vindictive saying that, but I was glad for it. Um, I also was... Um, a friend of mine recommended the author Michael McDowell, who is a guy who wrote horror novels in the early 80s. Mm. He was the guy who cooked up the story for Beetlejuice hmm. and the story for oh, Nightmare wow. Before Christmas. Oh, cool. And in both wow. cases, it seems like he worked with Burton and then left the project early because of creative differences. Uh. And in both cases, it seems like... He wanted it to be darker and crazier. And his original idea for Beetlejuice, I read some of the stuff that's from the script, was supposedly so dark and like, like the movie that was made was much more like the nice version. What really? he had, the depths of the dark. Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis characters were supposed to be like horrific, and her arm was supposed to get like ripped off. I mean, there was all the stuff that was supposed to happen that wow. clearly didn't happen in that movie. Well, he wrote a series of horror. He wrote a lot under other names, but his name Michael McDowell. He wrote some novels between like seventy nine and eighty five that a friend of mine recommended them to me, and I just started seeking them out. And some of them aren't available in this world of everything being available. There's some that I could get on Kindle, but I really thought I'd like to seek out some of those old mass market paperbacks yeah. and he was pretty much a paperback original author like his oh. novels were published on in paperback right, right. which there was a big horror boom in the early 80s it might not be memorable to you guys but i remember the book stands like the paperback stands just being full of these creepy looking books when i was a kid mm. and he was one of those he was pretty successful but he's been largely forgotten i think uh but so yeah michael mcdowell you he really, still alive he's oh he died of aids actually i think in 99 wow. Of AIDS? Uh, yes, or of HIV-related wow. illnesses. If you like a good creepy book, and they're not too long, they're all around like 250 pages. Oh, really? Michael McDowell. What's one that stands out? Uh, well, well, I would one. say that he. The one of the things that really stands out about his writing is he was from uh, South Alabama too. He went ended up going to Harvard, and I think became New York based after a time. But he writes about the South in a way that. If you've read Stephen King, you know the way he writes about New England. Yeah. That Michael McDowell writes about the South in that way. And so, like, some of the dialogue, some of the characters, like, he describes perfectly some of these some of these old ladies that I remember from my childhood. There's mm. one called uh, Cold Moon Over Babylon that is a really, really good—it's, like, it's brutal. You'll, you'll get a real taste of how brutal—like, terrible things happen to nice people in his books. Mm. But um, he also just has a really good sense of, like, where to end the story. It's It's—, it's it's each one of them could be a movie. Each one of them you read them and you go, I could see someone making a really cool movie out of this now. So Michael Mike, McDowell, Michael McDowell, and then I was also going to throw. I was trying to cop some of your action, Steve, and I was going to say turkey sandwiches uh, are, are great, and I enjoyed a lot of them. And I was going to maybe describe the perfect one, but I'll save that for <laughs> I'll save that for food schmood. I'll just say that turkey sandwiches are underrated. They're a great unit of expression. <laughs> Turkey's so bland, you can add just about anything to the sandwich, and you know the turkey just kind of takes so it true. on. So. <clears throat> So yeah, those are the things I'm thankful for in 2015. And who knows, maybe by the end of this year, we will be sitting there saying like, yeah, the Star Wars movie was pretty good. Or maybe we'll feel like all this excitement was was warranted. But I'm, I'm optimistic. And I'm looking forward to that conversation. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> I thought something deep was about to come out there. Uh, I, man, I appreciate doing this stuff with you yeah. guys. No, this I, is super fun. This is we recorded on a Sunday, right? Can we say the day that we recorded? And it's uh, it's in the morning. This is the first. Yeah. I think yeah. this may be the first AM record that we've done. Let me tell you how much. Keep you, this episode. This is a collector's item. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you how much you guys make mean a physical to me. copy. Keep a one forty eight. You guys mean this much to me. I live in the city. Mm-hmm. Parking spaces are, like, really hard to come by. Oh, so if you pass one up on a Sunday. I got out of my Sunday spot. (laughs) Somebody quickly got into it. It's prime real estate to come record with you guys. And I didn't think twice about it. I was like, fuck it. And then you turned in your your rearview mirror. You saw someone get in the spot. (laughs) Somebody was waiting for you. Like, fuck movie, fucking ass. (laughs) (laughs) I was furious. Oh, man. Cool. So, yeah. Well, that's what we're schmankful for. Yeah, we're schmankful for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And hopefully uh, you'll be schmankful for our next episode. Our next episode, we're going to do the the oft-promised Pixar Schmixar, which I think what we ought to do is each make a list of all Pixar films mm. with them ranked from like best to worst. Okay. okay. And then we'll collate those lists and figure out what the actual, what the, what the, what the, sh- what the movie schmovie top five is. Okay. okay. I'm a down with that. That sounds good. Yeah, so between now We should now make and... sure we're looking at the same list yes. as well. Okay. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Feature films, not shorts, but I was, th- but, oh, we all have to, our assignment, and if you're listening, your assignment too, is to go see The Good Dinosaur between now and our next episode, which I think comes out on the 11th. Of December, so you got a couple of weeks. Time. Got a couple of weeks to see the movie. This, oh. this episode drops this week. I didn't know it was coming out so uh, so far away. It's no, like... it, the the movie comes out this Friday. But I'm just saying, by the time we record oh, again, we will la- all <laughs> we will all have seen it. Holy shit! And maybe people out there will have seen it, and we can decide. It's a good year to look at Pixar because they Definitely. went well, they went a year without putting anything out, and then they put two things out in this year. So it's a just it's went crazy. All in. Yeah, yeah. Have you have you also been feeling like Aaron and I were just talking about this like. When Inside Out came out, I don't feel like they like the big like marketing machine no. was running hard for that movie. I, I don't can, either. I and can... I don't feel it for the good dinosaur either. I, no. are, are they are they I mean they are they're not quite mystery box, but they usually do conceal some aspect yeah. of the film. Like I remember Inside Out was marketed as look at the crazy emotions of a kid and it becomes this other thing, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe they are sort of like confident that they don't need... They're almost like marketing proof Strange, to a certain though. extent. There are no inside-out like things. So I went, yeah. I went to the There's store to get few, something but you're for, right. Yeah, for Aaron's niece. Loves Inside Out, right? Uh, she calls Disgust Gross Out. And she wanted some <laughs> she wanted some gross out stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went to the Disney store, got some stuff eventually, but I went to like uh Target. They had nothing There's but not a lot. nothing. Not a lot. They had yeah. nothing. It was just minions. That's really stuff. weird. Nothing. So um wound up getting a t shirt and some rings for with it's all just, the characters. It's just weird on. that like I don't know, I just feel like it's I nothing. felt that a lot with Inside Out. And like obviously I loved Inside Out. And I hope that I love the good dinosaur, but I'm very intrigued to see like I don't know, I would love to hear that conversation on like what the plan is when they're putting these yeah. movies out. Especially because they didn't put one out. Mm-hmm. And they've had tons of time like to plan. Mm. And I mean, there's definitely stuff. And I'm not saying that it's just like a cold release. Like, the movie's going to open big. It's going to do well. But, I don't know. There, I know there, what you're there, saying. There was concern going into Inside Out coming out for me that was like, is this movie going to be like a big hit? And I, and it was. And, th- and good, because it's a great film. But, I, I'm feeling that way about the Good Dinosaur too. I, I don't feel a ton of stuff like for it. Well, what's interesting is that we were talking earlier about the marketing for Star Wars and just how really artful it's been. Yeah. And you would think Pixar, with their yeah, with their crazy attention to detail, would have would have mounted these really artful campaigns, but they typically don't. I mean, thinking yeah. back, I don't think that really they've ever had that feeling of like 
teasing you with something that I mean maybe they maybe they attempt like that first good dinosaur trailer was, yeah, I was, say the first was like traded on imagery a lot yeah. without you getting a feel of the characters but in general I feel like they don't yeah the marketing is never really that interesting I mean yeah. I might be wrong but I'm thinking back I mean I remember Toy Story 3 got me but that was just that was destined for for pulling yeah. my heartstrings anyway so I don't mm. know yeah. yeah we'll see I was just curious if you picked up on that too but, yeah yeah okay cool well, that'll be the next one. No, I mean, I think we're all going to see it because we know it's Pixar and it's supposed to be good. Yeah. And the marketing has done nothing to really make me more likely or less likely to see it. Exactly. Okay. So, right. Well, yeah. hit yes. us up on iTunes. Yeah. Uh, rate it, star it, um, whatever you want to do to it. Slap it. F- flip it down. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's going to be it. As always, you've made our day. Take care. Bye.